When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Do you want to move to Miami, Bradley? No. You don't. Is it too hot there for you? Actually, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind living in Miami. They got beautiful tropical weather, yes. close to the Caribbean. Oh, right. A lot of cruises leave. Yeah. Okay. I'd like to be on the other side though, because oh. Miami can be a little hectic. I, and yeah, busy. I would say so, yes. Well, why are we talking about Miami? I don't know. You brought the story. The story is uh, <laughs> that Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner, they just sold their Miami mansion for $15 million. You wow. can look at the pictures, which Beautiful. is what we're going to talk about on our Showlinks page. That's up right now at mytalk1071.com. We're going to talk about and Dawn. pictures. Yes, but um, you can paint a picture in your mind if you're driving and you don't have time to do that. Yeah, it's uh, not hard. So I really love this house. It has like a Brady Bunch vibe to it. And what I like about it is that it is unique and it isn't the same Calabasas, uh, stucco, stark white you know, just cookie cutter mansion that we've seen from celebrities recently. A lot of stonework. Um, A lot of, there's this big open concept atrium below this stonework. Uh, There's a huge stone wall, a lot of plants. And then the staircase upstairs is, you know, it's exposed underneath so that you can see the wood. Mm -hmm. And I just, it makes me feel good and hmm. just like it's just more homey than most of these celebrity homes that we've seen recently. Mm, okay. I don't uh I, I think it's cute. It does have that sort of like mid century modern vibe. Mm-hmm. Um I'm a little like not here for all the purple. I'm not a oh, huge purple yeah. fan. But it works, you know, I mean, somebody would like that, but like the purple carpet and the purple furniture and then the purple accents, it's like, okay, we get it. Your signature color is purple. There's a purple chandelier yeah, hanging above. it's a little purp purp. Uh, but I do love sort of, I also would love to live in a home someday that also has like an atrium, like a uh, green experience. Yeah. I just don't want to do that in my home now because it's too much work and everything dies. Oh. <laughs> um, but like if you're rich enough to be able to afford somebody to like come in and <coughs> spray the plants and yes. keep them clean and keep them healthy, you know. True. Well, if you could just in your mind imagine taking out all that furniture, the bones of the house I really like. Yeah. For sure. You don't have to have the purple. Yeah. But I let's move on to the dining room. Um, it's like there's fake bamboo chairs that are painted like bright green. And then it has, of all things, wallpaper. I do love a good accent wall. Oh, and that this, is gorgeous. This accent wall is some nice mid-century. Uh, it looks almost like painted wallpaper, but it could just be regular old 
wallpaper. I forget what they call that. Yeah, it could be. Um, but nice chandelier, uh, and I love those. Yeah, it, it definitely has a style, like a taste. Like somebody is, because you notice how they'll pick a color in each room. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, I feel like is a little sticky, but that's just my own uneducated opinion. It just makes I it do feel like the green. cozy. I do like the green in the dining room, though. It's really good. So they actually bought it for eleven million just a year ago. They listed it for just about seventeen million, and then they sold it for fifteen. So that's a really good uh, profit. Yeah, they're that just they made making there. money. I mean, she's got that whole tuna business on the side. What? Sophie Turner. She has this thing. <laughs> no, she doesn't. What? Tuna Turner. Yeah, no, it's like a you. It m- makes tuna salad in uh-huh. a. You just pop Turner in a can tuna. of tuna. It's a Sophie Tina Turner tuna Turner. Okay, all right. Uh, it is ten thousand four hundred square <laughs> Come feet. Come on now. <laughs> I'm on to you. Ten thousand four hundred square feet. That is huge. I love the very deep uh, bathtub where you don't have to choose between having your boobs out or your knees. In a regular bath time, you're like, knees well, or boobs. A, yeah, that's that's a rich person's tub. It is. Also, it's, it's surrounded by water mm-hmm. and windows. So it, it is, a, it's a total vibe. Although my entire, like, I would just be like, oh, people are going to see me naked. So I'd have to close the windows. Yeah. Until I, mean, I got in the tub and then I would open them. And think, also, nine times out of time, probably not using the tub. Oh, right. I do like a good bathtub, though. But to try to squeeze in one that's just a regular house size is not even worth it. You know, they did redo some of the remodeling they did, included the kitchen. And it's just there's a middle chopping block situation with the bar that's just a huge slab of marble. I'm not really I don't love the kitchen. It looks pretty like it's just all white. You know what that kitchen is? That's the kitchen that they were like. Um, we're selling the house. You need to reno your kitchen. And so they, they plugged in like an Ikea kitchen. Yeah. Which again, like we're just being judgy right now because that's the purpose of this segment. <laughs> yeah. I would be grateful for anything in this home. Yes. But that's kind of like a, like, it's just oh, a standard everybody loves a good kitchen. marble countertop. Yeah. And everything is all the same color. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's the, it just lacks the color that the other rooms have. It just doesn't seem to fit with the house. I want to be able to be so rich, Dawn, mm-hmm. that I can live in a house and redesign it so that I don't have to redesign it or redecorate with an eye for the next person who's buying the home. Exactly. Because I hate when you're like, oh, I want to do this thing. And people say, oh, that's terrible for resale. Yeah. You think about it all the time, though. It's totally true. And I just want to be unburdened by that. And then like the next person who buys it, like, why did this fool punch a hole Mm -hmm. between the bathroom and the bedroom? And it's like, well, I want to pass through. I want to be able to, you know, talk to Jamie while I'm soaking (laughs) in the tub. Oh, my God. That's funny. Uh, Okay, so. The it's other, like like what's her name Megan Trainer. Remember she got oh matching no. toilets. They got so um, her and her husband could poop together. The toilets that are like yeah, back love to toilets. Back, love toilets. That is not like remember that Saturday Night Live sketch, the love <laughs> toilet. That's, That's totally what they got. I know. Uh, one of the great things about this property, if you look at one of the final, the sixteenth picture, there is that it's right. Um, I mean, you have your own dock. It basically butts up to. A little tributary or whatever you would call it, a canal. There you go. It's Miami. Um, Like, 
if you've been to Miami, I take it. Yes. There are all these little islands and inlets and things. And yes. every all the rich people ones have these canals that'll take you right out to the right out uh, to open the water. And you can probably see the cruise ships that leave from there. Oh, oh my gosh. Ship. Okay, right. Bye. You can probably get a hold of your boat club. I don't your know. boat club. I bet they got a place. Yeah. And actually, they I don't think they do in Miami, but they do on the other side at Fort, Fort Myers. Yeah. Very cool. Um, the only concern I have with this house is that. I know that it has so many palm trees around it, and it seems private, but just because of the Miami heat, there's so many windows. You know, there's just like, is that just going to... See, I here I am talking like a poor person, your electricity bill for cooling that down. Maybe that they have hidden shades that we don't see. I don't see well, any shades, but that's kind of like you want to always have shades. I'm pretty sure they would have shades, and they probably hopefully have those Hunter Douglas motorized shades. Yeah. Little blind spot. <laughs> we're getting all the we're getting all the all the mentions in here. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, but it is really beautiful uh, to me. Like this is my type of home. If I were going to be a rich person and have a home, I just love all the color, the outdoor space, and just um, I don't like the like rumpus room experience happening. You, yeah, I I do thought, you like that? I do like it. We that's, just have. Different I guess we call that a living room. Yeah, but I don't like the rumpus. It looks like a 70s, like, key party swingers pad where, Come like, we're all, we're all laying on couches together. It's yeah. like a sectional, but it's a... Well, it has like ones to, on the other side. I mean, this is... It's like a multi-sectional. Yeah. Like, you can lay one way or the other, depending on which I just see, like, a bunch wall. of people laying down and, like, I don't know. Like, sit up, girl. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I had some wine. You have tan mom over. No, this is a total tan mom drank too much wine couch. It is, yeah. Yeah. Well, you can enjoy these pictures too. Like I said on our show links page, my doctor. You can enjoy these pictures as we just did. Beautiful. When we come back, Dawn is going to take us on a tour of the latest regarding the writer strike. What are writers demanding that studios are not delivering on? She'll tell us. My yelling when we come back right here on my talk 1071 adventures of bradley and don my talk 1071 thank you for joining us Hi. the writer's strike continues mm. bradley I, I think we're around 100 days now i've been not writing for that many days at least <laughs> okay have you been reading mm, yeah occasionally yeah, yeah mostly with my then. ears Mostly what? In with my ears. Oh, with your ears. What did you think I said? Mostly in layers. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, the layered Bradley trainer. Yes, yes. Seven layer dip. Did they call me in college? Seven layer dip. Sorry, go on. <laughs> God. Okay. All right. So the Writers Guild of America against the AMPTP. There are a lot of things that they're asking for, but right now there's a sticking point that. Some showrunners, yep. according to Variety, are saying, we didn't even ask for that or we don't even want that. So can we move on? And that would be the fixed minimum staff size in writers rooms. So what the writers are asking for is a minimum of six to 12 writers, depending on how big the show is. Now, they actually have negotiated a little bit. With the AMPTP, they offered to give showrunners flexibility to hire a certain number of writers. So they're saying we're not going to commit to any one size, but we will say that it's up to the showrunner to, you know, within their rights in as a member of the guild to decide what size their staff is. And yeah. The writer's guild is like, no, 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 no. That, that 
defeats the purpose. Yeah, so the writers want to have a specific number of writers or a minimum number of writers in each writer's room. And we should say for the audience who's like, I don't even know what that means. So on any given show, you have, I, I think there's this idea that just, you know, there's just a group of kids hanging out, writing some stuff, doing yeah. some things. But increasingly, the pressure is put on, uh, because there are no minimums, there could be, let's say, two writers on a show, right? Yeah. And increasingly, because studios want to cut costs, they may cut those numbers of writers. And then if you've got only two writers in a room, but you've got like a crap ton of rewrites and character development and like all that stuff on a very successful show, Mm -hmm. the writers feel overwhelmed and essentially are doing way more work for less if or the same, if not less money. Exactly. I think I got that right. No, that's so true. So they would like to have a minimum. However, showrunners kind of have dual interests here because on one hand, they're in control. Yes. But they're not the only ones in control. And so they want some flexibility, too. But I would imagine for a showrunner, you're in a very awkward position during this fight, right? You are because you're essentially a part of you're on the side of like the bosses and you're on the side of uh, the people that you're employing. So it's kind of like they have a dual, they have the writer part of themselves who wants to give people a chance. and But then they have their ego. They're the showrunner now. It takes forever to, I mean, that's not a easy thing to do. You've got to really, really work hard to get that privilege. And they're like, I can write all of this myself. And that's what a lot of the showrunners are saying. They said, if there's a minimum, I'm just going to hire my friends and just, they won't even come in. Yeah, we'll yeah. put their credits up there, but I'm writing this. Well, we've talked about, for example, the Yellowstone guy. What's his name again? Uh, Taylor Sheridan. Taylor Sheridan essentially has seems to be that kind of showrunner in the sense that if people if the studio or you know if if they're going to require he has a certain number of writers mm-hmm. that doesn't mean he has to use those writers and I believe we've talked about that before so again it's like they can create a minimum but don't you think that kind of like just the way the world works people will find a workaround if they don't like it people like Taylor Sheridan that is yeah exactly and you know, if if the writers, if let's say they set a minimum of depending on how many episodes, so yeah. like it's six to 12, uh, if writers are hired just to sit there and observe, if they were to, let's say this minimum is set and they're just not even doing anything, if they do go to the guild and they say, I'm on this show with this showrunner and I'm not doing anything. Yeah. I was told not to even come into the office. I'm just here to like staple some papers and get somebody some coffee. Yeah. You know, that is. It's not clear then what what power the guild would have to come back and say. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. You know, these, this is, because that seems like that that's not sustainable, right? Like if, if they continuously just start hiring writers and not having them do any work, I feel like that's not going to. You know, that's not going to last very long. It isn't. And the WGA is all about, you know, solidarity. Uh, In this article, they talked to seven showrunners anonymously, of course. And, you know, they pretty much say, yeah, it's creating make work jobs. Um, No showrunner I know is actually for this. Mm. Um, That's interesting. It is interesting. that's saying that uh, they're speaking out of both sides of their mouth, or at least they're not comfortable saying those things out loud. Well, they wouldn't even uh, negotiate. Like, the, the showrunners approached the Guild and said, can we take this out? Can we change this? Because this is one of the final... There's so much to work on. Because they've got other things. We should say that in this moment, apparently, and I didn't realize this, uh, that the Writers Guild has gotten the AMPTP to share viewership data with them. Yes. Which has been one of the like major asks. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like they've gotten that ask. So right. yes, they have been successful. And this, you know, if they're not going to get like a specific number, you imagine that, that they, or let's say, you'd think that they might not get the maximum number they'd hope for, but maybe mm-hmm. they'll get a minimum number they can live with. Exactly. Like a minimum of five. Yeah. That would be, you know, they're asking for six yeah. for smaller shows with less episodes. But, you know, I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, so the chief negotiator, Ellen Stutman, she says, now we want you do to do all the work with fewer people in a smaller amount of time. And that's fine. Uh, that's a major problem for television writers. So essentially, you know, they're saying we've had to cut the budget on this going in after the fact is another article I read that it's like they set a budget, but then they start to realize that they're over budget in a certain area. And then they're like, well, we're going to make cuts with the writers. And then it's like, okay. So then you've got two writers instead of five. And those two writers are doing five writers worth of work. Right. And they're like, well, here's some rewrites and they're up all night. And they're just like, it's just, it's just not a good situation right now. Uh, And I, I mean, I, I agree with the writers that aren't the showrunners. I think that, to let go of that control. I'm sure that showrunners want to say, hey, this is all mine. Like Mike White, They want to set the number, probably. They right? want to set the number, and some of them just don't want anyone else involved. Like, here, I wrote this. Yeah. I'm not saying that, like, Mike White from White Lotus is a jerk or anything, but he did write all of it. Yeah. You know, and that's good for him. He becomes a huge, like, beyond, like, you pay attention to this guy. But again, that's kind of like getting caught up in this notion that, like, oh, the the actors uh, are striking those rich millionaires. Well, okay, for every Mike White, though, there's probably 20 other showrunners. Okay, maybe I'm over-exaggerating or exaggerating, but... But we're not talking about being concerned for the Mike Whites of the world. We're talking about the showrunners who are just doing like another like season of, you know, CSI Miami. Yeah. Or or something even further down on the TV food chain who are increasingly getting pushed. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just a matter of how many jobs out there are there. And they don't want that number to be decreased. Dawn, thank you for that update on the writer's strike. When we come back, an update on Tan Mom's Senate campaign. What? (laughs) She just likes to be tan.
for your liberty and freedom. And we'll tell you all about it when we come back right here on My Talk 1071. Hey guys, Bradley here with great news from my friends at Little Blind Spot and Hunter Douglas. Not only do select Hunter Douglas Duet Honeycomb shades qualify for a U.S. federal tax credit of up to $1,200, but you can save even more money with rebates on Duet Honeycomb shades with PowerView Automation. Get a $150 rebate when you buy four Hunter Douglas Duet Honeycomb shades with PowerView Automation and receive a $38 rebate for each additional unit with PowerView. Limitations and restrictions apply. Ask for details. Now is the time to take advantage of some major credits and rebates. Hunter Douglas Duet Honeycomb Shades are amazing and available in many fabrics, including light filtering, room darkening, and blackout shading options. Visit the Little Blind Spot showroom in downtown Hopkins today and let their experts help you through every step of the process. Or check them out online at littleblindspot.com. And don't forget to tell them Bradley sent you. Sing it with me. The Little Blind Spot. service. Adventures of Bradley and Don. My talk, 107.1. A lot of news, uh, celebrity gossip news, uh, facts over the last couple of days. One of them is that tan mom, Patricia Crenshaw, is running... Crenshaw? Like pencil. Or pencil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Crenshaw is running for Senate in Florida. Like crusty pencil, Krenzel. Yes, Krenzel. She's, she's running for U.S. Senate. We announced this yesterday on the show. Like, we didn't announce it, but we saw the news, and I freaked out because I was like, is this real? This is the tan mom. This is the tan mom. And you guys, we're not the only ones. I'm sorry, get emotional. <laughs> we're not the only ones who were excited to learn that tan mom herself is running for the Senate. And by excited, I mean surprised and a little concerned, Right. Um, cause it's a little odd, but Patricia Krenzel, AKA tan mom is in fact running for us Senate of the United States of America from the good state or bad state or <laughs> how you feel in differently state. state, the unique state of Florida. <laughs> I can't say bad cause my mom is there. Right. Any state that my mom lives in can't be the worst, or maybe yeah. it could be. Let's not talk about that. Instead, let's talk about. Patricia Krenzel, shall we? Yeah. She talked to TMZ about why she's running for office. Uh, we have a couple of clips. Mike, if we could hear from Patricia herself uh, talking to TMZ yesterday about why she wants to run for office. So, Patricia, why don't you start by telling us what motivated you to run for United States Senate in Florida? I was blessed and was able to be a part of the raising money for the Sunshine Cathedral in Florida. And I saw the amazing work that they had done. And it really impressed me um, because there's so many different reasons. Um, I was horrified about the book banning of fear in Florida. There's just a lot of episodes um, that are going on here and nobody's addressing them. Um, Medicaid, um, just being um, abominably banished and um, for the elderly especially. Um, and th- that's one of the uh, three reasons I started doing this. Okay, so that's Tan Mom saying why she ran. She felt like there were some real political reasons that she wanted to run, Don, which I thought was interesting. Like, like and we don't need to talk about the issues per se, right? right? But like the fact that she brought up issues that other people have heard. Like these are mainstream political issues that people have referenced regarding Florida. Mm-hmm. My point is she sounds informed in mm-hmm. a way only tan mom could be informed. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. mediated through her, but still sounds very 
uh, surprisingly up to date on what the actual issues are in uh, Florida. Right. Uh, And she starts talking about, you know, the Sunshine Cathedral, which in looking that up is it's like hashtag my queer church. So a church where everyone is welcome. Let's just say that. Um, So she's really getting behind the um, LGBTQ movement there. And also, curiously enough, she was questions like Harvey Levin was like, you know, we don't need to get into this either. But he's like, well, it sounds like you're a Democrat. She's like, no, I've always been a Republican. And we actually can play her response. Because he asked her that very question. He's like, you're running as a Republican? Mm -hmm. And here's... What she had to say again, this is Patricia Krenzel running for the U.S. Senate in Florida. Why are you running as a Republican? It sounds like you're more aligned to Democrats. I've always been a Republican, and um, my feelings and my issues may sound more Democratic, um, but I am a Republican through and through. Um, I'm trying to embrace it so people realize the situation at hand. Um more today than it ever was and maybe um if i sound more like a republican republicans need to take this for not for granted i don't want to be known as what i was as tanwam i've i've grown and i'm here to help and want to help people that are struggling and um maybe more republicans should have uh, a different taste in their mouth when they're trying to help people in the world today, um, such as slavery as well. Maybe I do sound like a Democrat, but I'm not. I'm a Republican. 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 I didn't understand the slavery bit I did the not either. I'm not sure where that was coming from. But um, again, again, it's so interesting, right? Because you can, I think, parse from that chunk of audio that she is essentially saying, you might think I'm a Democrat, but I'm a Republican and I feel like I have these opinions, so I should stand up for them as a Republican, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, again, we're not talking politics on this show generally, yeah. but there is kind of a weird sense to that, right? There's a logic to that. She's saying like, I'm, because currently she's running against Tim Scott for the Republican primary, right? By doing this. So she would be saying, if you're a Republican and you don't agree with all the Republican things, I've got some things that might attract you if you were living in florida yeah would you vote for her just so that she has a chance to get a little further i don't think she's gonna win but you know i mean i would have a few more questions for her right to be clear right like i want to know like what are we serious about this or do you just want publicity for your show 10 to 10 oh wait oh wait what oh wait i meant to do this Oh. There, you're on to something, Dawn. <laughs> uh, what because... you're alluding to, of course, mm-hmm. is that perhaps this moment is mm, auspicious for Patricia Krenzel because she has a TV show that she might just be trying to get some I do think she's for. serious, though. I definitely. I will say when you watch that video, she does sound like she's being intentional. She's being serious. She is being serious and she's doing the best she can. You know, Uh, I think it's a would be a little tricky for her to be in a debate situation because she had her statement that was prepared. Yeah, she looked like she was reading it off. She did look like she was reading it. But, you know, 
she wanted to be prepared for the interview. But then when posed with other questions, it is kind of hard for her to, you know, counter that or make sure she gets her point across. I'm not saying she can't. I think if she cares about people and. But your point, I want to bring you back to the her TV show. I think this is all as an opportunity to press uh, or get attention for her new television show, which we talked about yesterday from tan to 10. A TV show that not just everybody can see, which is kind of annoying. I feel like they should have come up with a better way to get this show out there. Because right now you have right. to pay for it. Yes, you for the whole season. Nobody's paying for this, Dawn. We're going to, though. It's we only $5 are, for 10 episodes. Fans. We are super fans. And this isn't the first attempt that she's made, though, because the, to not tan. Because that's the whole premise of the show is that she, through a plastic surgeon and also drag queens... They're going to help her. Just... I love the idea that drag queens are helping her. Yeah. They're like the Mother Teresa to Tan Mom. Like, <laughs> it's true. They we'll pick her up when she way. falls on the red carpet. We went on a deep dive of watching her on She's the red had a carpet. Rough go. She has had a rough go. I think it's um she needs to possibly think about putting the bottle down. Well, I wonder if anybody's done any science on like the more you tan, the, the more quicker you get, you get drunk. Oh yeah. If you've been out in the sun and you drink, you get more dehydrated for sure. Yeah. And that's a so you have one cocktail and you're just you know it's like you've had five carpet with your panties hanging out. She looked like it was a very slow fall and that she was having fun with it. Can I be clear? (laughs) As a recovering alcoholic who has been sober now for twenty plus years, Mm -hmm. I have fallen that in that manner before, where it's the slow sort of like a slow fall. Hey, and you're like, I'm doing. Nobody can see me. I'm doing okay now. I'm going to commit to it, but not too fast. Here we go. I'm on the floor now. And then she laughs. She did laugh. Because you laugh at how funny it is. And they're like, oh, honey. And they try to pick her up. And she is, she does, but her legs are a little noodly. Yeah. She's kind of like limp. She's laughing. Now, this was years ago. We should say this is not years ago. Maybe she stopped drinking. I don't know. We don't want to cast aspersions on this, this Senate candidate. Right. For office. Is tan mom sober? I will say she was in rehab with none other than Farrah Abraham. And there was a fight. I think now, if I remember correctly, at the same time, Michael Lohan, tan mom, and Farrah Abraham were in the same treatment center in Florida. Okay. And I think either tan, I think Farrah Abraham tried to get tan mom in trouble for taking video of her during the, like, Treatment? This wasn't Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew, was it? Because no. I watched that with Michael Lohan. No, this is different. Tan Mom wasn't on there, though. Yeah. No, and and uh, this, yeah, that, I'm telling you, man, this goes way back. It does. Now, it does say, I looked this up, she managed to uh, get sober and now works with a tanning salon, no. having turned her life around no, and used her reading, internet fame for the better. You're breeding somebody's... Um. Well, I mean... I think that she's she looks and she sounds might be different than she used to. No, no, no I'm I'm saying I'm not saying she's not sober, oh. but I'm saying like turning her life around and working with a tanning salon. Yeah, that's the last place you want to be. Like, don't. Well, now she lives in Florida. I feel like that's just one big tanning salon. It is. It's right? one big. Yeah, and the sun's. We need to. I been. I want to send her one of those hats because I I am now a big. Uh, hat wear when yeah. I'm out in the sun. Sun hat. Like a big floppy hat. Mm-hmm. I need to send her one. Well, do it. I mean, yeah. you have her phone number. Okay. 
I've been very hesitant to use it, Dawn. I know. And we were, we've discussed talking to her. Mostly because I don't want to have to sign an NDA again. I don't, you know, I don't want to have to. Did you sign an NDA? Oh, for God. I'm so, okay. Every show he says something uh, and I'm very gullible. So I'll believe at least one thing per show. That's your thing. And that was my thing that I just. That's thing. Uh, but also, on. We're, we would love to talk to her about her show, and maybe we'll get her on the show. I'm yeah, sure she'd be absolutely. glad to come on the show. Uh, we want to watch it first. We want to make sure, you know, we don't, we, we're not a political station, so. Yeah, nobody's going to listen to us for politics anyway. No, I Maybe mean, like those two yahoos, what do they have to say about it? I anything? mean, Dawn changes her mind every five seconds about, like, Timu products. How yeah. is she going to pick a we were one side or the other? Break. Hey, by the way, tomorrow we're mm-hmm. going to do a Timu unboxing. Yay! And, uh. Uh, your day is not going to get any better than that. So just stick around and stay tuned. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, for a Friday afternoon, I'm saying. True. From the noon to three period of your life, that's going to be the highlight. Yeah, because you're not working. Let's be clear. No, a- on a Friday afternoon at it's one. totally fine. Just hang out with us. You can, uh, I would prefer though, if you do the like here, you do this, you know. Clickety-clackety. Like you, yeah, you clickety-clack while we're in your AirPod. Yeah. So that it looks like you're working. Yeah, just cover your hair over and your And if you're ears. at home, just take your pants off and enjoy. Oh, my. I'm just saying relax, you know, because you're at home. Nobody can see. Yeah, that's the first thing you do is take your pants off when you get I home, isn't it? it? I love it. Yeah. I mean, I have to get into my, like, home You know clothes. the way women feel when they take their bra off? Yeah. I feel that way when I take my pants off. Okay. And then I put my, uh, I put clothes back on, but <laughs> let me be clear. I put on my sweat shorts. Yeah, it's yeah. like home clothes. And it's just your play clothes. <laughs> is when your mom would say, "Get into your play clothes." My mom never said that because she oh, was you on didn't home have play when clothes? I got home. Oh, no, she, oh. Yeah, I was a latchkey kid. Oh. I would just go eat a whole box of little Debbie's. Oh, bless. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. It's in here somewhere. Oh, good. Poor little Bradley. I mean, home all alone. I used to put, uh, as I've said on this show, I used to light marshmallows on fire on an ice pick and then blow out the flame and eat them. That was way less safe than eating Little Debbie's. Yeah. Well, you know, somehow we made it here, Dawn, which is good because when we come back, uh, we have a job. The job we have is to update the public on the most important celebrity story of the day, nay, the week, nay, perhaps even. The month that, of course, is the divorce of Britney Spears. And we'll do that when we return right here on My Talk 1071. I have some exciting news to share. Livia Weight Control Centers, they were just named Minnesota's best weight loss program for the third year in a row. That's right. And that is why they're offering three months free if you join today. And mention me, Don McLean. Uh, there's no counting calories on these programs. It's so easy to lose weight. It could just be some uh, little tweaks, minor tweaks to what you're already doing to make you get those pounds off. You can lose up to 10 pounds or more in your first two weeks, and then you lose one to t- two pounds each week thereafter. And I lost about 30 pounds with Livia. And they're so great at making sure that you have a plan that isn't just for the time period that you're with Livia. Whenever you have reached your goal, you move on, and then you have a plan for life. And it's just so comforting to know that people are on your side. Three years gold means three months free. If you join Livia today and mention me, you go to 855-OLIVIA or Livia.com. That's 855-GO-LIVIA or visit Livia.com. 
the biggest news in celebrity gossip. It's the adventures of um, Bradley and Dawn right here on my talk. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Tattoo time, Dawn. Britney Spears, uh, she's getting divorced. Sam Asgari has filed divorce papers, and it's really happening. At first, when I saw the headlines after the show that they are splitting, um, I was like, okay, we'll see. They could just, you know, be on Instagram the next day going, we're not splitting up. Don't believe the hype. And then and then uh, running away to Hawaii or something. Yeah. Um, but no, that's not the case. They actually are. And now we're going to talk about attorneys. Bradley. Well, yeah, attorneys and blind items, because here's the thing. So we got the news that Sam actually did file for a divorce yesterday, which means, of course, they will uh, be in a courtroom because the other story that came out shortly thereafter was that uh, he would be contesting the prenup. And if we believe that that's the case, his attorney will be asking for spousal support and uh, a big fat check. So to that end, we know, here's what we know. Mm-hmm. He has an attorney named Neil. What was that again? Neil Marsh? Neil Marsh? the big deal. Neil the big deal. He gets you your next meal. <laughs> That'd be a great commercial That's for Neil. That's billboard. <laughs> I'm a divorce attorney. Neil the big deal. I'll get you your next meal. His name is actually Neil Hirsch. Okay, Neil Hirsch, what now, do you got? He uh, is representing Sam. In the other corner, we have Laura Wasser. We talked a little bit about her in the last, uh, at the beginning of the show today. She, of course, is a well-known divorce attorney in Hollywood, and everybody, when they saw that Laura Wasser was representing Brittany, reacted by saying, good luck, Sam. However, I would just like to say, mm-hmm. as a blind item, and now we can head over to... Let me just pull up this blind item. Uh, There is a blind item which essentially says, remember Laura Wasser. This is Brittany's family law attorney for her divorce and her child custody agreement with Kevin Federline. Y'all remember, says the blind item, how Wasser settled on a crap deal all around, giving Jamie control to monitor all the visits with the kids. The same Wasser that said Brittany was pleased with the ruling that she was doing a great job. Yeah, Yeah, that Laura Wasser. And now you mean to tell me Brittany hired her again for another divorce where allegedly Sam is looking for changes in the prenup? Come on. So I don't know what that's to say, but people are, you know, in the blind items anyway, suggesting perhaps... This is not the best deal. What that made me think about was we can't forget that Brittany is not her own woman right now. Yes. She is not 100% completely in control of everything in her life. And so I'm a little concerned about, I would just be concerned about the people that are flocking toward her in this moment. Right. And I want to make sure that they're not (laughs) exactly, that they're not, I'm not calling Laura Wasser a vulture, but... I would just say we got to keep our eye on her. And I understand in Brittany's world, like she just wants to work with the same person that knows her. And probably. That, that, well, Laura probably called her up and said, girl, what do you need? Yeah, what do you need? I'm here for you. You know, but I'm just saying maybe you should entertain another idea or maybe you should get somebody else on your case that doesn't have, you know, all of this. Maybe it's good to start fresh. Seriously, somebody who's really going to fight for you and isn't th- through... Uh, you know, negotiating things for your half a whatever. I don't know. It's it's still a conservatorship. It's not a full conservatorship, but there's management involved. Yeah. 
She's not in total control, like you said, of her money. Now, by all reports, the prenup was such that anything from before the marriage is hers. But I wonder what the prenup included regarding everything from the wedding forward. Now, they've only been together for 14 months, so that's a limited amount of time. Yes. Or they should say they've been legally married for 14 months. So that's a limited mer- period of time. But I'm curious how that plus spousal support is dictated by the prenup. Right. And we just know from what we've heard that the prenup, he doesn't get anything. That's what the prenup is for. Like, you don't get anything. But maybe. Well, but not necessarily. A prenup can be all sorts of things. Right. But this one in particular, I've read that he didn't. There was nothing in there that said that he got anything. No spousal support. Which I don't know why you'd sign anything like that. Well, maybe just thinking I can contest it later. And it is when we think about 14 months, maybe there were things in there that said in the first year, you can't do this, this and this because now it's 14 months. So the year mark has passed. Yeah. And so maybe there are maybe other things going on. Maybe if you make it to on. a year, yeah. then he gets a percentage of something. Maybe so. And he's like, oh, I'm past my year. Yeah. I would think if the if the story as we've been told is correct, that Sam is the one who filed for divorce, the 14 month scenario is probably important. Yeah. I just, I feel like Sam, if you just, again, I, I know all I have to go on really is his social media. And the stories about him, he seems very solid in terms of stable. He doesn't seem like he's the partying type. He doesn't seem like he's out late, getting crunked, you know, hobnobbing with other celebrities. He's not like joyriding through this marriage. He seemed to be a real stable Mabel. Yeah. And somebody like that, I would think, is thinking very methodically about this process. And maybe it's just because we're contrasting that against Brittany, yeah. who doesn't seem like the most stable. So I'm just saying, I feel like he's got a plan, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be surprised if this there was a reason he waited until this moment to right. divorce or to get the proceedings going. I mean, we know that the book is already coming out, and it's done, and it's sent to the printer. So she can't add anything about him in that. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, we're past the year mark. And what if she's like calling the publisher, like, can I add some I things? I have a couple things I'd like to add. And they're like, honey, sorry, no, <laughs> we can't. It's, it's we'll done. We'll do that in the in book number two. And this whole business about like, um, you mentioned off the air, um, uh, Octavia Spencer commenting on some of these stories about Sam has dirt on her and he's going to essentially like... Like, if you don't give me some money in this, then I'm going to talk about all this stuff I know. Yeah. But, you know, it's that's not a fact and that's not necessarily true. We don't know that that's true. That's just a tabloid story. So, you know, before we get our undies too much in a bunch about tabloid headlines. Yeah. We got to wait and, you know, see what actually gets said in a court of law. All right. When we come back, more top stories of the day right here on My Talk 1071.